This podcast is sponsored by the Wilson Center, but it doesn't have to be. It could be sponsored by your firm. Just imagine it. A crescendo of electronic tango. Some love for your company and the enduring gratitude of our listeners. Interested? Reach out to us at lap at wilsoncenter.org. That's L-A-P at wilsoncenter.org. Welcome back to the Argentina Project Podcast, brought to you by the Wilson Center. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan. And I'm your producer, Katie Hopkins. Today on the podcast, Benjamin is joined by phone from Buenos Aires by David Smith. He's a podcast favorite, an economist correspondent in Argentina, a former senior UN diplomat, and a special contributor to the Argentina Project. Benjamin and David discuss what Argentina looks like just days away from its presidential election. On to the interview. David Smith, special contributor to the Latin American program at our Argentina project, a regular guest on our podcast, an economist correspondent in the Southern Cone. Thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you. The presidential debate in Argentina, exciting that they had a debate. This is only the second election cycle where presidential debates have been a phenomenon in Argentina. It's the first time where it was obligatory and you had full participation. You watched the debate. Was anything surprising? I think part of the the format on this debate was an overload of candidates. We had six of them, some of whom didn't really have an awful lot to contribute, Benjamin, and and obviously that got in the way of what we all know is the is the standoff, the fight between President Macri on one side and Alberto Fernandez for the Peronists on the other side. So in that respect, it was not the dynamic do-or-die, make-or-break debate that I think most people had been hoping that it might be. And in my view, therefore, was not a game-changer. I think we saw the president do a pretty solid job of saying why he's the candidate of change and why he's been embarked on change for the past nearly four years. And we saw Alberto Fernandez on the other side um, make it about the failures of this government particularly on the economy, and particularly there was one finger-wagging moment that I think probably resonated more than most when Mr. Fernandez effectively accused the president of helping his buddies make uh, make money out of the economic crisis, uh, and that was a moment that certainly registered. But I didn't sense, um, frankly, that it was a game-changer. What I sensed was that Macri's base will have liked the way he did, and that the, the Peronist base for Fernandez and former President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner um, will have liked what they saw. David, after the August primaries, there were um, a real sense that this was a lame duck president, that he may even step down early, and in fact, maybe he should, to avoid this prolonged period of uncertainty. Instead, he has embarked on a pretty conscientious presidential campaign. He's participating in this debate. He is promoting himself as the the safe candidate and, in fact, pointing to a lot of the financial turmoil since the primary as a sign that markets, at least, do not trust the Peronists to govern Argentina. He is able to draw a crowd, but have the fundamental dynamics changed since August? Is there any possibility that we even get to a second round? Well, I think it's really interesting. I mean, what you're, you're seeing, Benjamin, which is, is very wise, is almost a reversal of roles here. The incumbent is the one who's out across the country, 30 cities in 30 towns in 30 days, barnstorming. I went to his opening rally, and it was pretty striking. 
Um, we were talking about tens of thousands of people out on a Saturday afternoon in Buenos Aires this weekend, uh, the week before the election. So we're watching Macri, the incumbent, act very much as the challenger almost. And we're watching Alberto Fernandez on the other side with that uh, fairly stunning result back in August in the primary round. Uh, we're watching him play rather cautiously. Um, I understand that Alberto Fernandez was goalkeeper on the university soccer team. Uh, and uh, the goalkeeper knows how to, um, how shall I put it, take things cautiously. Sit on what you've got. Protect your lead, which is very much where this campaign is at the moment. Is there a chance that Macri could, could bring it um, to the second round? Yes, there has to be a chance. And the vote that we saw um, in Mendoza um, the other day, uh, where Macri and, and his, his coalition overturned the primary vote uh, and won by a significant number, has to give them hope. Pollsters will tell you that, in their view, it's 75 to 80% chance that it's Fernandez, but that Macri still has that hope of pushing it to a runoff where the polls would suggest he could win. I'm glad you brought up the result of Mendoza, not only for whatever signals it might offer us about the strength of the incumbent Mauricio Macri and his re-election, but you've written for us about Mendoza and you've observed that at the provincial level, the policies being implemented in Mendoza very much mirror what Mauricio Macri had attempted on a national level. But in Mendoza, they succeeded in responsible fiscal policy, in economic growth, in, in export-led dynamism. Why... Did they succeed in this important and relatively large province and fail so dramatically nationally? Oh, I think a lot in Mendoza has to do with the provincial leadership that the radical party under its governor, Alfredo Conejo, who, yes, we have written about and who's been with you at the center in Washington earlier this year. He's been a prototype um, for change, whether it's in terms of, of opening up Mendoza to business for the, with the world whether, ironically, even on another level, uh, opening opening up Mendoza to Uber and competition in the in the taxi in the taxi market, uh, and equally in terms of cutting the state sector effectively and efficiently, Mendoza has been a very much a uh, a front runner in the national debate over change, and I think we saw that come home in the end in that vote. Conejo had a very very what's the word attractive successor. He could only run one term himself. The Radical Party, and together with Macri's uh, Cambiemos movement, got together effectively up there and significantly, as you pointed out, did overturn a primary vote where, to our surprise, Fernandez Fernandez beat Macri's coalition by a handful of points, but it was a significant defeat. And we saw in, in, the, in the recent vote for governor um, that that vote turned around. So, you know, once again, hope for Macri. It may be slim, but there is some hope there. And I think the way that the president, in a sense, has gone to the well in recent weeks, saying, no, I'm not just going to um, let, this, let this play out and be a lame duck president. I am going to finish my term. It's beyond just a personal ambition that he wants to be the non-Peronist president since the return of democracy here in the 1980s to serve out his term. There's more than that. There's actually a realization that his change movement to have a future has to have an end to this campaign that is about giving people the hope 
that tomorrow, if we are to return to the Peronists, there will be an opposition, and an opposition with a voice. There's also the factor of needing to elect Cambiemos congresspersons to try to re-elect the Cambiemos governor of the province of Buenos Aires. I mean, the idea that he wouldn't campaign would seriously have disadvantaged, it would seem, his entire political movement, which, as we should recall, is quite young and had just been expanding after a successful midterm election in 2017. How, how much of that is a factor in Cambiemos really going out there and, as you said, campaigning pretty aggressively, almost like an outsider trying to, trying to make it? I think it's very much about tomorrow now for many elements within the Cambiemos movement who will probably conclude that this government is going to lose. So, for example, in the city of Buenos Aires, where Macri's movement has been in charge um, now for well over a decade, and where they're expected to retain control of the city, and remember the city is, is a critical element, if you look at the population and also the message it sends to the country at large, there, there is definitely a sense, and that's why this weekend, I think a week ahead of the election, we see tens of thousands of people mobilized in the city of Buenos Aires and in Mendoza and in Córdoba and in Santa Fe because what they're trying to do wisely is say, look, we could lose this, but at the same time, going forward, we need to have an opposition that can represent the force of change that we brought together and that there are elements within that movement, typically the, the mayor of Buenos Aires, um, Lareta, who will be a key figure going forward, and the governor of Buenos Aires province, Maria Eugenia Vidal. These are relatively young spirits, Benjamin, who've tasted national government for the first time and who are saying, OK, we owe it to the people who support us, the 30-odd the 30, the 30 percent, to stay in the game come what may. The Cambiemos movement, I mean, to some degree, at least initially, was a personality party, right? Representing in just the city of Buenos Aires, the individual political ambitions of uh, Mauricio Macri, the two-term mayor of Buenos Aires. Where do you see the party now in terms of its national footprint, in terms of um, being a potential permanent, you know, third movement, the radical party may or may not remain part of Cambiemos? What do you think of the future of Cambiemos, assuming it loses the presidency and the province, but, but retains Buenos Aires its base? Oh, I think, to me, one source of change here, which I think we perhaps underestimated in the past four years, is that we have seen a truly alternative form of leadership in this country, arguably for the first time really since the return of democracy, if you consider the collapse of previous non-Peronist governments. And we shouldn't underestimate whether it's telling the truth about the economy whether it's dealing with corruption up front, whether it's about reducing the public payroll and reducing the deficit. I mean, forgive me, this government is pretty close to balancing the budget, which is extraordinary when you consider what they inherited. So I think we shouldn't forget, Benjamin, that there are real achievements here for whoever comes out of Cambiemus, if this government is to go down now, whoever comes forward um, to be the next leader, and it should be said, people are already talking about who will lead after Macri. That's inevitable. Um, I think we should be seeing that there is a base there on which to build to give this country, arguably, really for the first time since the return of democracy, a genuine alternative going forward 
in terms of an opposition. Before we conclude, I'd love to hear just some atmospherics here on the ground in Buenos Aires. You have been there since the primary, I believe, um, with maybe some travel to, to the UK. The climate after the primaries was certainly on edge, um, a financial crisis, a run on the peso, capital controls. You yourself kind of casually mentioning that Mauricio Macri may or may not finish his term if he finishes that alone is an achievement. What's the climate right now, politically, economically, and socially in the run-up to the election? Oh, I think the atmosphere has calmed down quite a bit. And when we think of the moments after the primary vote that would Macri finish his term, we're we're well over that now. The uh, economic measures taken after the primary vote in, in August have calmed down and devaluation for a start, which was dramatic in those first few days. Peso lost something like 25% of its value. Um, we're back to a, a measure of stability on the value of the peso. Inflation sadly, is still a huge factor and, of course, has been fueled by that devaluation. But equally, I think there's a measure more of stability than the instant reaction back in August, when, to be fair, the world at large via those the markets was, in a sense, hitting the panic button. Um, here on the ground, I think we've, we've now looking out and thinking we had a debate the other evening, we'll have another one before the vote itself. Um, the president and his team are out there with thousands, tens of thousands of people. Um, Alberto Fernandez is very much constructing a classic Peronist campaign where you bring together governors um, and your deputies in Congress uh, and the unions um, and even the business sector. But it's a conversation. I, I would urge us all to recognize that you know, Argentina is actually having a conversation with itself at the moment rather than a conflict. And I think that's a very healthy sign for the democratic process going forward. David Smith, special contributor to the Latin American program and our Argentina project, economist correspondent in South America. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing those insights. Thank you for having me. And thankfully, our producer is a wonderful editor. That's me, Katie Hopkins. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the Argentina Project podcast on SoundCloud and sign up for our weekly newsletter at wilsoncenter.org slash weekly dash asado.